0: This great plan of yours is looking really lousy about now. I've been waiting for you, Obi Wan. We meet again at last. This is Waiting for Obi, a Star Wars podcast.
1: Well, I hope it doesn't take too long. I have work to do.
0: Join us as we explore the stories told in a galaxy far, far away, providing narrative context and reactions to Star Wars on Disney Plus and beyond.
2: Hello there.
0: And now, Waiting for Obi, with your hosts, Jason and Kim.
2: Welcome back to Waiting for Obi, the podcast all about Disney Plus and Star Wars and whatever else we decide to talk about, which is usually not a lot.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I can, I can be prompted to easily go off script quite easily.
2: Uh, and for those who are familiar with Kim Breeze, uh, do expect the Soapbox to return in this episode. It is exciting. I did send
1: you quite a message. You did send and me then, quite a message. And then once I got it out of my system, then I went back and read it, and I was like, well, it's not all bad. It's like...
2: <laughs> So so that, that is your teaser for this episode. But of course, before we start talking about Star Wars on Disney+, and this week's episode of The Bad Batch, we do have to warn you, if this is the first time you've listened to our show, we are heavy spoiler territory here, folks. If you have not seen the latest episode of The Bad Batch, titled cut and run um we're gonna tell you all about it so spoilers spoilers spoilers. with caution we just like
1: to be spoiled because that's where i live now
2: that is where that's where kim lives kim cannot be unspoiled by anything anymore and it's not her own fault
1: (laughs) sometimes it is sometimes i seek it out but fair enough i haven't been lately i've been pretty good about the bad batch other than that first episode
2: right uh, so, of course, uh, I, we always like to begin with a little bit of context into the episode and things that you may want to go back and watch if you have not seen them before. Um, this episode, titled "Cut and Run," uh, heavily is based—or sorry, is heavily influenced by the Clone Wars Season Two Episode Ten, "The Deserter, where we first learn about Cut, who is the clone trooper who has deserted his post. And uh, him and his family and his adopted children. So if you're interested in learning more about that character, which we saw in this episode, uh, go back and check out The Clone Wars, Season 2, Episode 10. Uh, And, of course, I'd like to mention uh, there was heavy mention of the uh, term chain codes in this episode. It was very much a MacGuffin for the show in a way. Mm. Um, And that is something that was introduced to us. I, I don't know if it was introduced to us before, but it was mentioned in The Mandalorian. Uh, where they were talking Boba Fett mentioned his chain code in one of the last couple of episodes and...
1: okay that's where it was I, because I felt like it wasn't unfamiliar but I couldn't remember where well, I had heard yeah
2: because Boba Fett said this is my armor here's my chain code you know check this out yep. yeah there was also some mention of chain codes when it comes to Grogu um, like his chain code wasn't complete or something but his or her. We still, I mean, we don't know what the gender of Grogu is, or if Grogu has a gender. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I just need to refer, use a pronoun. Um, so there you go. I was,
1: so I was today years old when I made the connection that the title is Cut and Run, and the deserter character is Cut. <laughs> I was like five minutes ago years old, and I don't know why that didn't, like, whenever you said it, I went, oh, I see the two together. The light bulb came light, on. Yes. Like, oh, how... Look at that play on words, oh, Lord! I even watched the episode twice and didn't even catch that. <laughs> hey,
2: someone, someone <laughs> in the episode title department is uh, being punny this week.
1: Oh shoot! All it's... right. Well, I'll start this off by saying, Jason, you were right. Uh, I'll, I'll... I know how much he's gonna he's gonna save that, and it's gonna be <laughs> like my my ringtone on his phone when I call him. <laughs> You were right, though. The voiceover did not carry over to episode two. It was a one and done thing. Yes,
2: and uh, I was i was actually a little surprised. I was kind of waiting for the voiceover to happen. I was waiting. <laughs> I didn't think I I'd be legit, right. Like,
1: I'm never I just right. I sitting there. You, Jason, I'll do it again. Jason, you were
2: right. Uh, it's fine. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> um, I did think that the title sequence now, they've gotten past the Clone Wars and Into the Bad Batch, has a lot of mandalorian vibes so i don't know mm-hmm. if that's just you know i mean if you can go through decades and see like decades of television you can see um uh themes or tropes or like just the way the styles of title sequences are gone i mean you look at the you know 70s and 80s and full-on title sequences with credits and you know now we're getting into modern time where it's like yeah i mean even with the avengers right you get the title card that's oh, yeah. it and you move on i'm I'm surprised you're still doing title card. cards right
1: you get twenty minutes of title card with Marvel,
2: <laughs> but uh, so it's it's cool. Like I, I do wish there was a theme song, yeah, or some sort of theme. I mean, it's it really feels just like a, it's missing. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, I was really kind of hoping to replace the Mandalorian lick in the title theme of this uh, podcast with whatever was in the Bad Batch, and then realize like all they're doing is a like a drum riff, like a like a military snare. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I can't. Do, i mean i guess i could but that would require time and effort and maybe i'll put some time and effort into it later right
1: well and one of the things i love of star wars is the music of star wars so i mean i feel like every show and most characters mm-hmm. have a theme to them so maybe that's something that'll get revealed later as they find i find in air quotes who they are
2: yeah maybe i mean you know they always take their inspiration from john williams who was very much a theme driven storyteller when it comes to music so uh, and I don't even know who's doing the soundtrack. I'm hoping it's the same guy who did uh, the Clone Wars because he's um, mm, he can yeah. cha- he can channel some john williams pretty pretty good. So anyways, uh, so cut and run, our first twenty two minute episode of the season. Uh, and it it has our characters. Um, and I was so confident in my pronunciation of um <laughs> this planet, and that was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, wasn't, I wasn't going to say anything salucami. I was like what I mean that's fine I was just trying to put too much emphasis on the vowels and apparently I was just, I was just wrong but anyways the system J-19 salucami, where we uh, were introduced to Cut back in the Clone Wars and here we are our characters coming upon uh, Cut and his family uh, and running into some booby traps and uh you know introducing themselves and it's interesting to, I, I thought it was interesting that the bad batch has met him before
1: yes because i'm assuming that we didn't expect that at all um they i mean you have uncle wrecker so they really have met him before, <laughs> right uncle, it's uncle wrecker <laughs> i was, I love that so much wrecker's so great
2: um yes but before they before they ran to echo so they didn't know who echo was so that was you know so it was earlier on in their exploration, which is interesting because Rex um, Rex found um, this deserter, like early on. So how to, so it'd be really yeah. interesting to see how these guys found him, like because clearly he's trying to hide from the clones, so like, how, why would he know who these people are? <laughs> but Rex, everyone
1: seems to find
2: him. <laughs> everybody seems to find him. And Rex, I don't think, would have spoiled the secret of his appearance
1: i wouldn't think so
2: so i i don't know that's really that's kind of an un that's kind of a narrative mystery here is how do these guys actually know who uh who cut is how they how they found him in the first place but you know maybe maybe a comic will tell us or a novel or yeah you know, we can get into canon later because that's that's a hot topic right now but that's true
1: that could be oh yeah uh i enjoyed those art we'll, we'll maybe talk about that at the end but i mean we only missed rex by a day right how what convenient storytelling right Oh, that, <laughs> the- <laughs> shucks, just missed him. Um, but I kind of giggled that, well, and there was a line wh- and I don't recall and I didn't write it down who says it, but they ask and you can trust a deserter referring to cut that they could, they actually trust him. And I believe that it was Hunter that said, well, we're all deserters now. So they're going to somebody who's been doing this for so long yeah. because they need to figure out how uh, how to survive in this new reality for themselves for
2: sure and I th- I really like the idea that Rex came and visited Cut on his way to mm-hmm. to hide because I mean if you look at the narrative like how the narratives overlap this when Rex came to see Cut most likely is after he left Ahsoka and faked his death um, after Order 66 because that all happened around the same time Yep. so um, that's kind of cool I like that
1: I i really like that tie-in i i agree
2: and uh and it'll be interesting to see i mean if we see cut later on if if cut becomes a recurring character if you know this is kind of a one and done thing um, i've wondered
1: that too yeah it's not like it's hard to get the voice talent to do him
2: <laughs> that's right it is not a it is not a uh
1: he's already there
2: that's not the concern here <laughs> um so it is interesting. I think I see you noted here in the uh, in the in our little in our little notes here uh, that uh, it is interesting that Omega seems to know so much about these clones.
1: Yeah, that was. I mean, it to me, it when she mentions that she she clearly knew about the inhibitor chip. Uh, tech knew, but just said, "Well, I mean, he just thought of it in his techie mind and assumed everybody else had his techie mind, right?" But Omega, to me it kind of felt like she knows a lot more because that floats that wasn't a surprise that was just like oh you don't know about that to me that spoke to she knows a lot about the clone the the creation Mm -hmm. of a clone process
2: right and they seemed they definitely dodged her purpose like why what what she does and why she exists um yeah they dodged that i mean cut asked the question but we're basically living through cut's uh inquiry of the clones uh or in- inquiry of the bad batch here uh so getting using narrative wise they're using cut to help us learn more about these characters which i think is really interesting
1: hmm yeah i liked that yeah I, I totally agree with that but i was I, th- I thought that was pretty interesting to see she clearly knows and i think i noted it a little bit further down but she we're we're experiencing her as what appears to be a child but it seems like her knowledge base is much greater than that. Right. For sure.
2: I I don't know about you, but like when she stepped off the ship, all I could think of was Rapunzel. Aww. <laughs> Coming down from the tower. I was True. like, I'm going to break out similar. the song because I'm ready for it.
1: It was kind of close. It did. I was waiting on some birdies to flap in, you know, <laughs> full Disney princess style. But it was, and it was interesting to see, you know, she's never been off planet. It made me think of ray experiencing rain for the first time mm. so we don't think about that because we've experienced well i know florida you don't get as you don't quite get all four seasons but in ohio we <laughs> get all four seasons and then some um and so we've experienced all these things although like i've never experienced an earthquake and until i've traveled to another state i had never seen palm trees so it's you kind of got to think of it from that yeah perspective that these characters have only lived in one location their whole life and haven't experienced anything else. So then we move on and we get to to see more of Cut and his family and the kiddos and there's this conversation between Cut and Hunter where I think Cut's really kind of it, it's advice from a friend, right? They're sitting around together like when you go visit an old friend or whatever. That's what it kind of felt like. And I felt like Cut had this glorious insight where hunter just says well she's a def- defective clone like them like the bad batch i guess i should emphasize what them is and hunter kind of takes this up and goes, well not exactly and it says that they don't create without a purpose and that the bad batch all had a purpose so what was hers so hunter just sees her as another defective clone he only sees the bad batch as defective clones and cut hints to no you were created for a specific purpose because that's how these clones are created you all know what yours are sort of but it seems like maybe they don't if they just think they're defective right and Omega clearly has a quote-unquote bigger purpose
2: you know it also leads to the idea that the the Kaminoans aren't as forthcoming as maybe mm-hmm. it seems like, I mean, on some level, on a very high level, it's like the comedians, which is it's just a business transaction. We're gonna build, we're gonna right. make clones for you, and we're going to sell them to you, mm-hmm. and They're use just them as you wish. But there, there is definitely with the bad batch now. Omega is kind of adding into, it, um, going into what we mentioned in the last episode with the girl's name I can't remember who helped them escape. Uh, so oh, that's Nala. Yeah, that's
1: not Nala. That's Lion King. Um, it was very similar.
2: <laughs> ah, yeah <sequenia. laughs>
1: And then we, break. hey, it's Disney, right? So you're fine. It's, you're totally good. I haven't written it down. I have my notes. Oh, episode. Nah, la, la, la. It's not it. Anyway. Anyways. Moving on.
2: So I just think it's interesting that there is a little bit of, yeah, the Kaminoans aren't as, uh, it's not as uh, black and white with them either, which I, I mm-hmm. like that. So,
1: But I think, like, and I hope that was eye-opening for Hunter, because he we're just effective clones. That's all we are. And clearly there's more to that. For sure. So that was, to me, Cut's already figured that out. So, and maybe that's because he's able to look at it from a different angle now that mm-hmm. he's no longer a soldier. And can kind of see what that is.
2: yeah. Uh, so we move forward, Omega decides to play ball because she's never played before and they have to teach her how to do so, uh, which leads to her, uh, getting herself into a little bit of trouble because she has, uh, didn't really, doesn't really know what trouble is. I don't think, you know, she's that always I, kind of been able to do what she wants. And
1: yeah, I felt that too. She was never really in danger before mm-hmm. until, well, I mean, until just recently <laughs> hanging out with these guys. And even then she doesn't, I don't think she perceives the danger sure because Which even is interesting in because she yeah. seems
2: to be so she seems that's good she is, instincts or something
1: <laughs> she is but completely unawares of there's a giant thing in the garden that's going to eat me i mm-hmm. i'm and she just and i feel like that's a childlike innocence because if you've never experienced it then you haven't developed the fear and you would see that in small kids too who chase a ball into the street
2: right and so, yeah, so she runs and uh, gets herself in danger and really prompts the, uh, the kind of the conflict of the episode uh, where Hunter says, you know, maybe leaving her here or leaving her with Cut and his family is better for her so she can have a better life. Uh, Never which, heard of course, we sort of, we, <laughs> we sort of know where this storyline is going to go because yeah. every storyline like this ends the same way um, with Omega rejoining Hunter and crew. But, uh, you know, it, it adds for some... some tension.
1: Well, you saw maternal instincts out of sue right and clearly she's dealt with whatever this creature. i don't recall what the creature is i'm not i wasn't familiar with it but she's you know right up on top of the house ready with a gun she's prepared for this well everybody else kind of just charges into it like a soldier of the bad batches type would do <laughs> um but then you start to see and i don't know if that's kind of what we're segueing into but then you start to see that different cut has unsoldiered himself so he is he's more of a parent he understands being calm and 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 reserved with with omega because she's just scared and hunter treats her like a soldier
2: for sure uh and we and it's a nice Little bit of kind of instruction, it's helpful for a hunter to see these things because he's gonna have to look, you know, obviously gonna have to learn to be a father figure because that's what Omega wants. That's Uh, all Star Wars
1: does. It's Kim's soapbox. uh, It's fine, it's fine.
2: It's fine. Will
1: you be my dad? Um,
2: (laughs) There, there are the repeated daddy issues all throughout Star Wars.
1: I feel like George Lucas needs counseling. Um, because and that's what he and i were talking about so jason's hint to kim so box was i messaged him and going why are there so many daddy issues in star wars (laughs) because i mean we just watched this other than it being word for word but i almost feel like you know at least the emphasis and the feeling is the exact same thing from that we saw in mandalorian Mm -hmm. season one true story uh like oh i'm gonna leave you with whoever Uh, i feel like we even saw it some in rebels with kanan and ezra and and so i just kind of poked a little fun at star wars to be like it's there's a lot of daddy issues (laughs) or there's a lot of teaching someone or and then that's when i circled back and i said well maybe that's a broader issue of that you can find family anywhere so once i had a a moment to poke fun at it and get in my soapbox of everybody's somebody's got to learn somebody gets put into a father figure role they don't know how to do it somebody has to show them how to do it <laughs> happy ending but it i think it speaks higher of that you can find family anywhere
2: mm. well i like that i like that uh, conclusion that,
1: i just had to work myself to it.
2: <laughs> good job
1: <laughs> but there might be a little daddy issues in there but i i think it, it shows a growth opportunity that we're going to see throughout the series sure
0: This show is sponsored in part by the Chance Cube Trading Card Services, providing appraisal, grading, and consignment services for your non-sports trading card collections at little to no upfront cost to you. Visit facebook.com slash thechancecube to find out more. And Tabletop Rebellion, creating fun reviews and playthroughs of new and favorite board games as they strive to bring people together, one game at a time. Be sure to check them out on YouTube at youtube.com slash tabletoprebellion.
2: They move from here. They go to book passage, uh, which is when we start seeing kind of the almost immediate ramifications of the Empire, which for is sure. kind of odd. I mean, you know, granted, Star Wars timeline is always fuzzy. They, they mm-hmm. don't really stick to a strict, like, on this hour this thing happens. But for the fact that, you know, mere you know hours or days after the Empire is formed, like, everything is changing immediately. Like, I mean, clearly the Emperor has had all this stuff in in play. And was just ready to turn the marketing switch.
1: had been at work <laughs> his marketing and pr team were on it that's right uh, this was just these were must have been stored off war you know or off world or in a little back shed somewhere because marketing had already pushed out all of their stuff to all of the necessary you know it's one of those branding changes right. i i laughed at that a little just slightly because of whoo big change
2: Flags down, flags up. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the, of course, the biggest change that we find here is the uh, the fact that every citizen of the empire is going to be required to get a chain code, uh, which seems to be the galactic equivalent of a social security number, uh, but a yeah. little more devious <laughs> in its use. Well,
1: because Boba's kind of if if we flash back to Mandalorian, Boba's showed like his lineage, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's right. It is. It is. At least, yeah. The there's a lot of information in this chain code, like like a person's age. Like, there's a lot that you can pull from it. It seems like it's not Mm -hmm. just a it's not just a branding number, but there's uh, some data we don't know exactly what that is because in this particular episode, it's really just like we need to tag you so we can find you.
1: Right. So. Yeah, it definitely is showing that they want full control over everyone and everything and they're and very quickly implementing these types of processes to have that control so there's right. very very little time and, and it makes me question how did how did the bad batch even land into their ship un unnoticed if this is what they were stop doing stop asking
2: questions like that that's ridiculous
1: <laughs> i went well how did they get on the how did rex get so this just happened today at eleven thirty, <laughs> on that particular day that's when it started. Is 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 the only way that I can feel like the announcement came out why we were there. That's the only reason Rex got in and out, and that's the only reason they got in.
2: Right, I mean, good whatever. timing.
1: Good timing, guys.
2: Uh, so of course they decide at this point they have to forge their own chain codes because of course Tech can do it because he's tech. I love and... how he
1: was like. Yeah, okay.
2: It's going to require this, this, and this, but yeah, sure, I got it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, the plan of. Let's have them steal or or confiscate our ship. Did seem like a long jump to get some chain codes forged. But it kind of made sense as they went on, as they had to actually get their hands on Mm -hmm. the physical cards. Well, I like
2: what I like about this part. I mean, I like is a strong term. What I think is interesting about this part is the development we see here with tech and the more of his personality that we see. Because mm-hmm. tech is because we're starting to see that the bad batch just doesn't do everything Hunter says. Mm-hmm. Like there is some independence, uh, and tech of course has full confidence in his abilities, regardless he's calculated of how it, right, right, regardless of how crazy the plan sounds or how bad it may be, because he doesn't have the emotion side of it. He doesn't have the instinct side of it that Hunter does. But just to see that he's all he's willing to go with it, and then Wrecker's willing to like, not Wrecker. Echo is willing Echo to went with do the same thing without telling Hunter. They do feel like uh, there is some autonomy within the team, which is interesting, and they can still pull together when it's time. But,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I, I don't know why I find that interesting. I just think I do. <laughs>
1: no, I like that. And I think, it, to your point, it, it is starting to show those individual characteristics that we certainly didn't have enough time to explore in the Clone Wars. But I guess you'd, you'd anticipate it some, just showing how different they are. And maybe that lends itself to why they have those unique purposes. They're not just effective clones. Although Echo's just grumpy. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> well, if you had to happen, what happened to you? That He had it happen to him. I
1: understand that. And I thought about it. I was like, well, he's been through a lot. But come on, buddy. Like, he is just a grumpy Gus. He's like the Eeyore of the group.
2: <laughs> Someone's got to be. Wrecker's happy all the time.
1: Oh my gosh! And that's actually when I was like, "Why is Echo so grumpy?" Like, is <laughs> one of my notes that I've written down. Is there more to it than just what he's been through? Like, he's accepted by this new group. This is where he wanted to be. So, chin up, buddy. Right. Fuck up. Have some sunshine. I don't
2: know. So the plan seems to be going well. Of course, the the wrinkle in the plan is that uh, Omega is Echo on. was the
1: wrinkle. Well, and Omega was on the ship,
2: too. Omega was on the ship, so uh, they did not qu- it did not quite go as uh, Tech had planned. But uh, Omega was also the one who saved the day, sort of. Actually, Wrecker kind of saved the day. Actually, they all saved the day in the yeah. end. And a big firefight happens and ensues, uh, and the chain codes get to where they want to go. I, there was a moment there where I thought Cut was either going to leave and join them. Or mm-hmm. or not get I I don't know there was just this idea that it was is, a good tension I was like is he going to get on is it because that could happen or could not I wasn't quite sure where that was going to go but I'm glad I'm glad he is safe and sound and a uh, firefight ensues and um yeah so a little bit of wisdom <laughs> that that cut does impart upon Hunter is uh, if he wants to disappear he's got to learn how to not be a soldier which yeah i think goes against everything the hunter is built to do
1: for sure for sure and one thing i i I, I chuckled at uh so i know that they're just creating tension in the episode of when they were scanning the chain codes so of course you want that anticipation of are they will they won't they work right but i chuckled because the the storm or i guess he's not a stormtrooper yet like that where he's getting to the trooper scanning them reminded me so much of the sloths at the dmv <laughs> and i was like in zootopia in zootopia i was like no wonder the line is so long because this guy's like lardy dardy dardy i just i got a kick out of that i'm sure no like i'm sure that that delay was not for com, com- comedic relief it was for tension of will right. they won't they all work and it's and it's giving time for you for Omega to process this whole idea that Hunter sending her away and that's not what she wanted to do. And everybody else just, are we going to get off of here? It's, I understand why there was delay, but I still chuckled and thought he just made me think of the sloth.
2: <laughs> no, I agree. So, and there and they are, they're all back together.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's where I, I also mentioned that uh, to reference back to what we'd said of Omega having, no real understanding of danger runs in through the middle of this firefight Mm. there are blasters going there whatever and she's just like hey guys wait for me yelling and waving her hand and whatever and 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 she does get snagged up and there again that whole everybody you know gets her safe and out of there and off they go And And they did that nice moment on the ship between the two of
2: them. And they didn't say where they were heading at that point, did they?
1: Mm -mm, I don't think so. There was no no hints as
2: to the future of the the next episode, like we got in the last one. So that'll be interesting to see where they end up. Uh, So, as with many of these episodes, we are left with more questions than answers. Um, And uh, the first one is, well, Kim has already asked us why is Echo so grumpy, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) Just. We'll we'll find out maybe. I mean, we could we could probably answer that right now, but I like leaving that open ended. Um, where will Cut and Sue end up? So I would love to know if they're going to come back. Because if the same type of storytelling that they did in the Mandalorian carries through to this show, uh, we will see them again.
1: Mm-hmm. Or maybe we'll see them, and I mean, maybe there could be crossover between the two. I don't maybe. know.
2: Maybe. Yeah, but the nice thing about an anime show versus a live action show is that there's not production concerns to worry about when it comes to like getting an actor in one place or getting a scene or a set in one place. Like it's all, yeah, you know, it's all animated. So the, really the concern, I mean, and to your point, it's not a voice actor problem either.
1: <laughs> nope.
2: Uh, uh, this guy's working overtime for sure. Um, how long it gets
1: paid per character or
2: <laughs> check it, check out. <laughs> else gets
1: paid for... Yeah. I'm Be curious about that. Uh,
2: how long will chain codes last? That's an interesting question.
1: Well, because it's not a thing. We didn't really even hear about these until The Mandalorian. Mm. So at some point, these no longer become a pro. I mean, other... Now, granted, we- this, this goes right back into that canon conversation we were having in the last episode that we kind of talked about. But I'm like, that's not a thing that existed before. So I feel like there's a timestamp on how long it can last. Mm. Well, there's
2: also a potential that is not necessarily... It could be time, but it could also be, like, area or region. Like, it may not reach out to Tatooine, yeah. which is controlled by the huts, You know, it may not reach out to the, yeah. the Outer Rim, which the Empire has less influence over.
1: True. So, I So, don't I was know. just curious.
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, how long I, – I was curious why, it, like, last, but you're actually talking about, like, narrative in the storyline. How long mm-hmm. will they be relevant? Yeah. Um, you know, and a, a lot of my big question from this episode, and it kind of, it stems from the last one. It really, this episode didn't have a lot of impact, but I think there, there's a lot of conversation out there in the in the world about canon uh, and, mm-hmm. and respect for the canon and what's come before it. And you know, is the idea of the story group and a, and a large narrative um, cohesion being watered down because of the decision of these filmmakers? And uh, it is nice to see that there, are the, some of the filmmakers are actually coming out and saying it. Hey, we thought about it. We actually talked about how we want to approach these scenes, and we know what has come before, uh, and they're really—it—it uh, it really comes down to the spirit of the canon, I think, and not the actual—you know—he had a blue lightsaber versus a green one. Yeah. Kind of details, you know. We're really just yeah. talking about this happened. They were on this place, and and but the story—it doesn't really. I guess as long as it, I'm still okay with it. As long as it doesn't drastically change their character and their trajectory, you know? yeah.
1: I would agree with that because let's I look at it from the perspective of if you and I both experience something at the same time together, in five years, your memory of it will be different than mine. Yeah, I mean that's just that's, that's just the way people's memories work. So I feel like you get a little bit of flexibility in canon with that, but until it starts affecting their story arc, yeah. Um, I because uh, reading through those articles, I think one of the things that mentioned was. Well, you know it's really hard to keep up with all that and have somebody on staff. And I and I thought, you have plenty of people not on your staff who just track this kind of stuff. You have an entire fandom that you could pull an expert from to be on whatever as a as a consultant or whatever. Story please <laughs> that could would totally catch all this stuff for you. So you cannot use that as an excuse because there are plenty of fans out there that would would catch that in a heartbeat.
2: Right, for sure. That's so. So. Funny
1: uh but and they i mean lucasfilm promised that they were gonna keep one canon line and now they went oh we kind of forgot about that yeah they're giving themselves some wiggle room in the grand scheme of things is it hard to keep straight yeah it probably is how many tv shows do you see that can't even keep continuity across their seasons right aren't as cool as this
2: let's not talk about star trek
1: Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, one of the other things I noticed is, so Omega has this headpiece mm-hmm. that we don't know. Is it just a connection to who she is? Uh, what, she had it when they met him and now she's taken it off. So was that her saying goodbye to her old life? Is like, is there more significance to that? Or is it just, this is who I am now? So she removes that headpiece that because they're all boys, no one noticed.
2: i actually didn't notice that she ended the show without a headpiece on i did i did make a note of when she took it off and like there was something important about it for her i did notice that but
1: it means something to her but (laughs) yeah see none of the boys noticed that she took it off i'm not surprised they had a lot going on they did but i mean i liked her and her and hunter had that nice moment at the end of the show of you know this is you're you're who I want to be with this is where I want to be and they're in agreement now that she's gonna stay with them he's not gonna try to dump her off on every planet he stops on
2: yeah so I'm uh, I'm excited about where this is going I I hope mm-hmm. it's I I like these large these large storylines and they are telling these Disney Plus stories a little episodically especially the Star Wars ones um, mm-hmm. where each episode is kind of like a story in of itself I. I would like to see a little more connection. Um, maybe they're building to something. And we don't really, you know, we've got Hunter to deal with. We've got Omega to deal with. Um, so they are kind of facing two, not conflicts, but, like, there's there's two mysterious storylines happening uh, simultaneously. They're going to have to navigate um, being hunted down and what to do with this girl. Because they haven't really said they want to do anything with her at all at this point. There's yeah. there's not really anything about her we're trying to find out. Like with Grogu, we were trying to figure out who he is, what he is. Yeah. why he is and where he needs where to he go is. but Omega is just like they're not trying to find anything about her it's almost like they're going to find out about her despite the fact they're not really looking for it
1: true I think so too because they're not they're not asking anything right now they're just out for survival
2: right they're right. in that mode so.
1: and I, you make a good point because I feel like Mando did the same thing where it was each episode kind of tied itself up into a neat little bow ish with one little hang nothing big but once you connected them all together then, then some of those story building episodes made more sense.
2: For sure. So uh, that's all we have for this week. Yep. And so we are looking forward to the next episode of Bad Batch and we will see you guys then. Take care!
0: You have been listening to Waiting for Obi presented by The Chance Cube. Thank you for spending time with us today. We hope you join us again. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Obi. Until next time, may the Force be with you. program is a rogue one, not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company.